opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, brought to you by Blind LGBT Pride International. Every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Media, that's American Council of the Blind Media, and choose Stream One. Or you can search for Pride Connection on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome to a special edition of Pride Connection. In honor of Pride Month, we've created a deeply powerful program that won't leave any listener untouched. Our BPI members and board members have come together to share their voices and perspectives on critical issues impacting the LGBTQ community today. This is a raw, emotional, and thought-provoking exploration of anti-LGBTQ legislation, particularly focusing on the controversy surrounding the Don't Say Gay bills. We strive to reveal the human stories behind these often depersonalized legal battles, offering an unflinching look at the true stakes involved. This journey will elicit a spectrum of emotions, from tearful empathy towards personal narratives of struggle, to incest anger at the injustices faced by so many within our community. But above all, our aim is to stimulate thought, reflection, and hopefully action. We hope that through understanding these narratives, you will feel moved to become an advocate for LGBTQ plus rights. Stay tuned, immerse yourself in these shared experiences, and let Pride Month inspire you to contribute to meaningful change. Welcome to our Pride Month special on Pride Connection, right here on ACB Media One. Don't Say Gay, by the numbers. More than 100 bills targeting LGBTQ rights and queer life, from transgender health care to drag shows, have been filed in 22 states for 2023 so far. This year will set a record for new anti-LGBTQ legislation. According to Equality Texas, a record 36 anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been filed in the state legislature. In the past three years, 18 states have banned transgender student athletes from competing on school sports teams that align with their gender identity rather than the sex they were assigned at birth. According to the Movement Advancement Project, an LGBTQ think tank, four states, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, and Arizona, have enacted restrictions on gender-affirming medical care for minors though federal judges have blocked them from taking effect in Arkansas and Alabama. Lawmakers in 11 states have introduced bills that would restrict gender-affirming health care for minors. 
In Oklahoma, one bill would restrict gender transition care for any individual under the age of 26. This legislation, if passed, would also prohibit Medicaid from covering such care. Bills filed in Arizona, Arkansas, Montana, Tennessee, Texas, and West Virginia would ban minors from attending drag performances and seek to classify any business that hosts such performances as a cabaret or a sexually oriented business. In Florida, the Parental Rights in Education Law, dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill, prohibits classroom instruction on gender identity or sexual orientation. In 2021, Texas Governor Greg Abbott and State Attorney General Ken Paxton directed Child Protective Services to investigate any claims of parents providing gender-affirming care for minors. The Trevor Project estimates that more than 1.8 million LGBTQ youth, aged 13 to 24, seriously consider suicide each year in the U.S., and at least one attempts suicide every 45 seconds. The Trevor Project's 2022 National Survey on LGBTQ Youth Mental Health found that 45% of LGBTQ youth seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year, including more than half of transgender and non-binary youth. About one out of 10 violent victimizations against LGBT people are hate crimes, according to a 2021 study by the Williams Institute at UCLA School of Law. LGBT people are nine times more likely than non-LGBT people to be victims of violent hate crimes. In addition, LGBT violent hate crime victims are more likely to be younger, have a relationship with their assailant, and have an assailant who is white. Hey everybody, it's Leah Gardner, your BPI president. But uh, long before I was president of BPI, <laughs> I was a uh, 13-year-old kid in 1989 in New Hampshire, where I grew up. And I had a crush on a classmate who was female. And I was really right at the beginning of trying to make sense of all the emotional feelings that I had that really did seem to be in sync with what I felt was expected of me. Uh, I just had never had any, any, any real uh, attraction to boys. And it was really troubling. It was frustrating. I really didn't know how to sort through all of those emotions. And I had um, some problems with this friendship with this um, classmate because this classmate said, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I feel like there's something really strange going on with you and I don't understand you and I really don't want to be your friend anymore and it was incredibly jarring and upsetting but I remember a teacher said to me at the time you know this is not a big deal Leah because someday this is going to be a guy and you're going to be much more upset and it's going to be more devastating and it's strange because I knew at the time that what she was saying what this teacher was saying did not ring through and I think about that now with all of these laws, particularly in Florida, 
that have been passed specifically around the classroom. Um, these don't say gay laws, I just think are so damaging to teachers, you know, who are married to members of the same sex, students who have same sex parents, students who are transgender, uh, students who are non-binary, because I just see so many basic rights that I think we have come to take for granted in the past 20 years or so, just be chipped away at in such an alarming way. I mean, I'm thinking about kids that have same-sex moms. They're not going to be able to talk about their parents in class. Teachers can't answer questions about a child's parents that come to pick them up if they happen to be of the same sex. A child that is transgender is not going to be able to wear the, the clothing that they feel is most representative of who they are. And when things are not discussed, when they're not talked about, when they're not given voice, is when ignorance and bigotry and violence sets in. I think my message is particularly to people that live in states that are affected adversely by these laws. Pay attention to what's going on at your state capitals. When election time comes, support people who are going to reverse these heinous laws to our allies. Please stand up for equity because we all need to feel as if we belong. We all need to feel respected. We all need to feel validated. And with these laws that, that seem to just be raging through our country, the only way that we can start to turn this around is in the ballot box and by speaking up. So this is reversible. Let's not wait until it isn't. Don't say gay. It won't make us go away. My name is Anthony, Anthony Corona, and I'm the vice president of Blind LGBT Pride International, as well as a very proud out gay man. And when I hear these words, it's like fireworks in my brain going off one after the other, feeling bursts and then is replaced just as quickly with another burst, with another thought, with another feeling. And I think to myself immediately, this isn't going to make me go away. This isn't going to make me shrink back. This isn't going to make me live smaller. And then I think, okay, you may win a couple of victories, but we have been fighting and marching and all of the various forms of advocacy. This isn't going to make us stop. And then I think how sad it is for those in my life that I've met and those who I'll never be able to meet 
who couldn't say gay. At least not at first. They couldn't say they were gay. There was a real fear of being ostracized, being beaten, being tortured. A real fear of those things. And because of those who came before me, who were brave enough to say they were gay, to yell they were gay, to sing they were gay, to scream they were gay, I didn't have that level of fear. There's always going to be fear to come out. I think the ideal utopia that we could get to, where it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight, it doesn't matter if you're brown or white or some other various shade of skin. But we're not there. And I don't think we're going to be there in the foreseeable future. But because of all who came before me, I was able to say I'm gay. And now I think I have a responsibility to not only say I'm gay and I'm proud, or as the old saying was, I'm, I'm here and I'm queer, get used to it. I think it's now our generation's turn to say, I won't go away, no matter how many times you demand that we don't say gay. So those are some of the thoughts that immediately burst into my head when I hear about law after law after law being debated about, and I use that term very loosely, in state houses around this country. And then less like a firework and more like a bank of clouds, thick, rolling storm clouds. I think about those that are coming that shouldn't have any fear of exploring who they are shouldn't have any fear of being who they are the young ones the ones that are coming out now the ones that will come out soon the ones that have just come out and what this does to them I think about our trans brothers and sisters I think about the less talked about colors of our rainbow the asexual, the pansexual, and all of the various colors, and how it took so long to get to a place where we could all be who we're supposed to be, who we were meant to be, who we were born to be. And now, if I don't stand up and say, don't say gay, will not make go away, then I'm failing those behind me. There were so many brave and amazing people before me. And while I was coming out, I was lucky enough to be in New York City when I came out and to understand that rich history and those that were still around that I could talk to and interact with. And so it's, it's my duty now. It is not okay to say, don't say gay. It is not okay to present this legislation to subliminally tell the younger generation that there's something wrong. There is something not okay. So I implore every single one of you allies who stand with us and those that will come, please adopt, don't say gay, won't make us go away.
So my name is Gabriel Lopez Cafati, and uh, I was originally born in Honduras, in Central America. And I'm here to talk to you about how sad it makes me to hear the words, don't say gay. As part of a minority, I compare it to someone legislating for don't say Hispanic. It's part of my identity, it's part of who I am. And I bet you that if someone dared in this day and age uh, come up with a legislation that says, don't say Hispanic, it, it would not go well. Well, same thing happens with don't say gay. I'm not only Hispanic, I'm not only blind, but I am gay. And I wanna say it. And this aspect of saying it and being verbal about it. I've had many people who have asked me, why do you have to be so out about it? And my answer is, why do you have to be so out about being straight or cisgender? And there's no answer, so there's my answer. You know, I say that I'm gay because I am proud, because it took me many years of suffering. It took me many years of living inside a dingy, dark, depressing closet. And it took me a lot of courage. And a lot of people suffered with me. And a lot of people, a lot of loved ones, have transformed themselves through me and have experienced a transformation in which now they have grown and they thank me for being out and for expressing that I am gay because they know that it's the same Gabriel, it's the same me, it's just that I am gay. So I view this process that took so many years and so many tears and, and so many uncomfortable conversations with loved ones and processing things and getting me to where I am and migrating from a country that at the time was not supportive of neither my loss of vision nor my sexual orientation and coming into a country where I felt accepted and embraced, more than accepted, embraced entirely because of who I am and what I am. Now going backwards and trying to push me back into a closet, trying to push me back into that closet that I fought so hard to come out of that cost me so many years and tears. So the fact that someone is telling me that I cannot say gay or is telling society that they cannot say gay is practically telling me you have to go back into the closet. You have to not be who you are. You have to go back into being ashamed of who you are. And I'm sorry. No, actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not taking it. I'm not going back into the closet. I am going to stand tall and proud, and I am going to say gay. And I ask that you who know me, and even if you don't know me, if you want to get to know me, understand that being gay is a part of me. And I beg you to please, please stand with me in telling people, in telling legislators, in telling our society, and in telling our country that I pay taxes and that I 
am a citizen of this great nation and that I have the right of saying that I am gay. And just because someone, just because some people in power pretend that they can use that power to repress and send me back into the closet, just because they think they're going to get away with don't say gay, that is not going to send me away because I came here to this country to make it greater and I'm staying and I'm going to say gay because I am proud of who I am. Miss Ruth here with some thoughts on Don't Say Gay. When my son was 10 years old, his best friend used to come over for breakfast, lunch, and dinner during the summer. My grocery bill went up by $50 a month when he was around, but he was a good kid. One day, my son, his friend, and I sat down for dinner. As we were eating, suddenly, my son's friend spit out his food and he looked terrified. I said, is something wrong with your dinner, honey? And he said, no, Miss Ruth, but I just realized that I forgot to say grace. So if I choke on my food and die, I'm going to hell. It was shocking to hear a child say this. I said, no, honey, you're fine. God sees your heart. Don't worry about that anymore. And it occurred to me, the fact that his family taught him to believe that, that's child grooming. That's what it looks like to influence a child in their formative years and persuade them to act in a way that's damaging to their well-being. I'd even say it's perverse that someone taught a child to believe this. So look, the reality is there are no drag queens waiting behind the bushes at your kid's school waiting to groom your children. Please don't be led to believe what your own powers of critical thinking tell you is propaganda. Don't be used by others for their agenda. Think for yourself. LGBT people have much better things to do. Hold a job, raise a family, run for office, mow the lawn, everything you and yours do. Don't believe the hype or the hate. Lead with your heart and speak up when you see something egregiously wrong. Don't say gay laws are unconscionable in a civilized society. Thank you. Don't say gay won't make us go away. Hi, my name is Destiny. I'm a genderqueer, asexual person. I've known this for most of my life, although I didn't always have words for what I was experiencing. These parts of my identity are integral to who I am. I wouldn't wish them away for anything. By telling us that we can't talk about parts of ourselves, whether you're your kid in school, figuring yourself out, or a kid in school with a parent who is part of the community, or you're just a person living your life. 
These anti-trans bills could make it virtually impossible for anyone to receive the care that they desperately need. I interact with multiple trans people, and they are amazing, good people. These bills are not protecting children, they're damaging them. Please know that you will not make us go away, even if some of us have to hide or move, which is really hard to do, especially if you're disabled or low income, like I am. I'm lucky to be in a state where these bills haven't came up yet, but I know that I need to protect myself and my loved ones. Please, let's remember that we can stay resilient and strong, and to those in my community who get it, you're not alone. I'm Jessica, and I was born and raised in Florida. I love the sun, the water, and the ability to play and relax outside all year long. I have become increasingly alarmed and disturbed to witness the constant stream of homophobic and transphobic bills snaking their way through the Florida legislative bodies on a seemingly daily basis. I also have growing concerns about the attacks on basic voting rights, which primarily target working, poor, and otherwise marginalized populations, and the illegal gerrymandering or redrawing of voting district maps when it is politically expedient to those in power to do so. I have white privilege, straight passing privilege, and cisgender privilege and I often look for ways to help and uplift and show solidarity with marginalized populations. The first thing we can all do is vote. Don't underestimate the importance of small local elections for city council or school board races. These can have considerable effect if you've been watching the school level book bannings we have been currently witnessing in Florida. Use resources such as Vote 411 to examine which candidates seem to align with your personal views. Some of us that have the means to do so can also donate to campaigns and organizations. I will be attending the Equality Florida fundraiser in the month of May, and I also try to donate to small grassroots organizations that serve trans people of color especially on Trans Day of Visibility and Remembrance. We can also sign online petitions and write to or call our representatives. After all, they say it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Throughout our work, let's all keep learning. I enjoy listening to books and podcasts created by people of many different racial, ethnic, ability, and identity backgrounds. And finally, Let's never give up. A phrase I hear repeated a lot equates activism with holding a fermata or a very long note in a chorus. Members need to employ staggered breathing. When one person needs a breath, they gracefully drop out of the note and slowly weave their voice back in with the rest when they can. This is how a community can help each other continue to push for the change we need.
Hi friends, I'm Tristan Snyder, Secretary of BPI and Co-Chair of the Advocacy Committee. Ever since conservative politicians achieved their goal of overturning Roe v. Wade, they've been hunting for a new enemy, a new target for the hatred and vitriol of their constituency. The barking dog caught the car, and now they don't know what to do. So they've settled their sights back on the LGBTQ community. With over 500 bills across the United States targeting LGBTQ people, particularly transgender Americans, the stakes for our people have never been higher. How has this affected me personally? For the first time in nearly 20 years, I was called the F word while wearing a pride shirt outside of Target. I thought we were past this. I thought our people had grown beyond this stupid childish nonsense for the most part. And I still think that's true. But the unrelenting propaganda from outlets like Fox and others have amplified the voices of a small minority, fanned the embers of intolerance into the flames of unbridled bigotry, and given opportunistic politicians courage to act with impunity. This resurgence of hate also affects me because I have very close friends and family who are transgender. And watching the assault on good people who simply do not feel right in the bodies they were born with and are trying not only to correct that but to make their way in a society that views them as abnormal while under constant assault from legislators who have no idea what they're doing and the lives they're putting at risk sickens me. That's why I urge all of you to speak up and speak out. Write and call your legislators in both your state and federal districts. Tell them to back off. Tell them you don't support any legislation that restricts the rights and freedoms of others. Tell them that their religious doctrine should never be made into secular law. Tell them that intolerance and bigotry have no place in our government. Push back when you hear other people talk about the LGBTQ community in disparaging or pejorative ways. Above all, do not stay silent. In the case of oppression, silence is consent. My fellow co-chair Gabriel Lopez Cafati and I are actively seeking members for our advocacy committee, and we will be putting out PSAs and written emails, social media posts, etc. that will invite you to stand with us and take action. Together, LGBTQ and straight, blind and sighted, we can all stand strong for freedom and equality. Please join us. Together, we will speak out against injustice and demand equality for all people. Hello, my name is Bryn Lee. I am a board member of Blind LGBT Pride International, and I am the committee chair for Pride Connection. As a trans woman living in contemporary America, my identity is persistently scrutinized and contested. Anti-LGBTQIA laws enacted under the guise of preserving traditional norms or protecting the children systemically undermine my rights and the rights of others like me. These laws have marginalized us, made us feel misunderstood, and quite frankly, threatened. These pieces of legislation instigate discrimination, leaving me feel 
unsafe and exposed to potential harm. One of the most disconcerting aspects is how these laws intrude on my day-to-day -day life, particularly with something as commonplace as using a public restroom. Fearing bullying or violence due to my trans identity, I'm forced to consider my personal safety constantly. I shouldn't have to live with such fears in a country that purports to value diversity and acceptance. Presently, I reside in Minnesota, a progressive state which offers a monicum of safety. Yet the prospect of a political shift, turning my sanctuary into a hostile environment akin to some regions in rural America is genuinely terrifying. These laws reveal a refusal to understand or accept different identities, creating fears for my future and raising concerns for other marginalized groups. Contrary to misconceptions, trans people like me do not wish to impose our identity on others, especially children. We merely seek the right to exist and yearn for a world where LGBTQIA kids can feel safe being who they truly are. Legislation opposing this inhibits societal progress engendering a hostile environment that hinders the evolution of an inclusive society. The Bud Light or Target boycott exemplifies how anti-LGBTQIA sentiment has infiltrated casual societal interactions. When I hear, I won't drink Bud Light because they're woke, or Target is trying to indoctrinate our children, it's not about beer or tuck-friendly swimsuits, it's a rejection of my existence. Such attitudes expressed openly foster a sense of alienation and insecurity in public spaces meant for all members of the community. So, in conclusion, the rise in anti-LGBTQIA legislation is more than a legal issue. It brings about fear, insecurity, and harm to individuals like me. Moreover, it sets a dangerous precedent that could potentially harm other marginalized groups, like individuals with disabilities. Our fight for LGBTQIA rights is not only for the present community, but also for future generations to feel safe in their own skin. It's essential to challenge these prejudice laws and attitudes at all levels, ensuring that Every individual's right to exist and be recognized is respected. When you go to school and you tell people and they ask you who your family is, who's your family? And you are? Mama. Yeah, and your family is mommy and mama, right? Okay. Yeah. So when I think about Don't Say Gay, I think about... My friends will see my shirt with a sticker. They sure will. It's beautiful. And they'll say, hey, is that your sticker? And I'll say, yes, it was on my skirt. What color is your skirt? What? And what's your favorite color? Purple and pink and rainbow. Rainbow, yeah. Hi, my name is Jess Kay, and I live just outside of Baltimore. So for me, I am really lucky to live in a state where Don't Say Gay 
is pretty unlikely to ever become an issue. We had actually the ability to do an election vote, a citizen's vote in 2012 to approve gay marriage, which was incredible for me as a lesbian who is now married and has a nearly four-year-old daughter. So you've heard, my daughter is really aware of the fact that her family consists of her, her name is Amelie, and her mommy and her mama. And I think about that, I think about if we lived in a state like Florida, could she acknowledge her family? Could she not say what her family structure is? Could she not acknowledge her moms? And I think that is reprehensible and unacceptable. I think about, as a therapist, if I end up being able to work with people in multiple states, what do we do? What do we do for clients who perhaps aren't allowed to acknowledge their identities? What do we do for potentially trans kids, kids with gay parents, kids who are LGBT themselves who can't be out? and who don't even have a school system that will give them the information that they need, especially in red states where perhaps they can't talk about it at home either because of religious reasons, prejudices, whatever. So that's, that's what Don't Say Gay means to me. It means suppressing people. It means higher rates of suicide for people who don't feel like they can be heard, can have acceptance, can find community. I also, my daughter is Chinese American, and it's not specifically a gay issue, but I think where we are with the political climate, particularly post-COVID, I think about what will her life be like? She's going to grow up wherever we are as a biracial child with lesbian moms, both of whom are disabled in different ways. And it's gonna be hard for her. It's gonna be hard for her no matter what, but I just hope that Don't Say Gay not only will never come to this state, but somehow is retracted in the states where it's currently been approved. Yeah, it's, it's hard, it's sad, it feels like Handmaid's Tale is coming true, and it's, it's not okay. greatly distressed with hearing that new bills are being introduced and adopted in many states that take away a child's right to be whole, not allowing them to have the health care they deserve and the ability to understand and accept who they truly are. This will only cause more tragedy to occur, such as self-harm, bullying, and even unfortunately suicide. In addition, books are being banned as if portions of our history didn't exist. Even songs are being removed from school assemblies because of suggestive lyrics such as the word rainbow. Rainbows have always been and will always be beautiful in every context. That they can't take from us. We are not only going backwards, we are being divided, censored, traumatized, and promoting discrimination, prejudice, and hate. I can no longer say these powerful words 
which I once felt our nation was striving towards, with liberty and justice for all. becomes more conservative and more unaccepting of anything that is JLBTQ, etc. I feel more of a need to keep the lesbian aspect of my identity more to myself. I'm out. People whom I trust know that I'm a lesbian. They saw me in a relationship for 13 years. It was very clear. But even within organizations in which I participate, I find I feel more and more invisible with regard to my lesbian identity and experience. And when I know that I'm in a group where there are many conservative extremist viewpoints I'm even more careful and this makes me very very sad I think the whole concept of don't say gay can be very, very dangerous to everyone, not just a specific demographic. Even though it's targeted at a specific people right now, it's something that can snowball into other things affecting everyone. And I think the tragedy of this, of this bill is that it's targeting our youth in a way that is truly just going to take information away from the people that need it the most. When we're young, we're figuring out who we are. We're still discovering what we want out of life, who we want to be when we grow up, and really our own identity. And that takes us, I mean, some people don't even figure that out into their 50s and 60s. I was very lucky to have been able to figure out who I wanted to be when I was about 10. I knew what I wanted out of life. A thing that I find very dangerous about this is that so many of us have put general education just in completely with our schools. We teach children that their teachers are the people that they go to for information. When we talk about any type of sexual education, any type of like adapting education, where we're talking about figuring out who you are, be a good person, any of those things, we have put on the shoulders of the school. We teach kids, go to your teachers for things, go to them and find out the information you need. But we're limiting what they can say. And for a lot of kids, they are too afraid to talk to their parents. They can't confide in their relatives because they don't know how it's gonna be received. They don't know if they're asking the right questions and those people may not know the answers. So now we're taking away that power from the teachers and robbing these children of the trust that we have told them they can have. I feel very blessed that when I wake up every morning and look in the mirror, I see exactly who I believe I am. I was born to the gender that I believe I am. I look the way that I think I should look it's taken me some time to really hone into who I am, but now I know who I am. 
And there are still people out there that wake up every morning and it's not who they are and it's not who they feel. When they look in the mirror, it's not the person that reflects who they are on the inside. I don't think anyone ever should be able to tell somebody else how to live. It took us so long to get to where we are now. And we look back on the things that we've done in history like, oh my God, how could we have ever done that to people? How could we have lynched people for being a certain race? How could we stone people to death because they said the wrong thing? We look at that as barbaric, but we are still doing it, just with a different type of violence. People had to fight for my right to own property, to vote, even to start a business, and to be married to the person that I want. I'm in an interracial relationship. I mean, if that had happened 100 years ago, there would be no safety for us anywhere, and I would not be allowed to love the person I love. And I want you to think about the person that you love, either your significant other, a family member, a good friend, and think about somebody else coming into you that you've never met. Think about that person coming into your house and saying, you know what? You can't love that person anymore for whatever reason, because the sky's blue, because your hair is a different color than theirs. Whatever their reasoning is, think about what that would feel like to you. Someone tells you, no, you can't love that person because of this reason that somebody else came up with. So when we think about the don't say gay, we're really robbing people of who they are. And for people that still don't know who they are, who are exploring that concept, we're robbing them of information that they desperately need. The thing that hurts culture, that hurts the people the most, is lack of information. There's no reason to get involved in someone else's life. You can use the children to hide behind. You can use the children as a reason. But the fact of the matter is, this is not about the children. This is about wanting to impose your will onto somebody else that you don't even know. The only way that they get to get away with this is if we stand by and do nothing. So any amount that you can do, speaking out, standing next to somebody who's being oppressed, at least thinking positively, I know that sounds crazy, thinking positively about their strife is support. To support other people to be their rest selves. Thank you. Don't say gay won't make us go away. Hi, my name is Mary Stores, and I live in Bloomington, Indiana. One of the first things that happened in my life that let me know that people in the GLBTQ community had to struggle for their rights was the movie Philadelphia. Watching Andrew and Miguel be together, try to be together and fight for their rights to be together as people were telling them no, they couldn't. That really struck a chord with me. And even to this day, I'll never forget it. And then in 2000, after I moved to Bloomington, I ended up riding the paratransit bus and I met another lady on the bus and she and I became friends and she would not want me to use her name here, so I'm not going to. But. We became really good friends and she let me know that in addition to driving the bus, she also sold things at festivals, Rainbow Pride, catnip toys and pillows and flags and things of that nature. And so I ended up getting some Rainbow Pride 
catnip toys for my cat at the time and had them around. And then eventually I met the lady that she was with. And I asked them, how do you want me to refer to you guys? Are you guys girlfriends? Are you guys lovers? And I remember my friend told me, in every sense of the word, we are wives, we are married. I'm her wife, we are spouses. And we can't legally get married, but if we could, we wouldn't. So then they did become civil unionized, but they could not be married. And so that was sort of a bittersweet thing for all of us, really for them most of all, but for those of us who cared about the issue, we realized that it was only so much, only a partial victory. And then after 2010, the gay marriage rights for different states became a thing and people had the right to get married and stuff. And so we ended up driving to another state in 2012 so that my friends could get married to one another. And I was a witness in their wedding and it was one of the most beautiful things ever. And I naively thought that after that, we would just continue to make life better, right? I mean, I think that's what love and happiness does sometimes. It makes you feel way more optimistic. And for a time, things were slightly better than they had been. But now listening to the news, I realize things are not better anymore. I still go visit my friends and things are on a slippery slope for them too. And all this fear and divisiveness in the world, all the don't say gay bills that have come across on the news and all the bills aimed at making sure trans people aren't allowed to participate in sports with no compromises or if they do so, it has to be on a completely unequal playing field. All of these things that are happening are really targeted to suppress and oppress the people that I love. I was taught at a work meeting one time, oddly enough, of course I knew that if something was wrong, you should say so before, but one of the things that sticks out in my mind now is that my boss during a staff meeting had said that if you see something, say something. And he was talking about the phishing scams that we used to get in our emails all the time. And if you see something, say something so that people won't click on them and get trapped or get fooled unintentionally or get led down the wrong road. And so that is why I'm here today because if you see something say something don't say gay won't make gay people go away and it shouldn't and it would be a really sad thing if it did because I myself am blessed to know and love people in the GLBTQ community and my life would be horribly different without them so my final message is that if you read the Ten Commandments, 
The greatest commandment is love. That's what Jesus said. Don't say gay. It is designed to spread fear and shame. And it's designed to oppress and suppress. And if you see something, say something. Don't say gay is wrong. Thank you very much. Cheryl and Tim Cummings. We're here because we just wanted to express just how I think scary and concerning it is that these laws are being passed. It just seems that as soon as our society takes a few steps forward and begins to understand what it means to be fully human and to embrace all people, there's intense negative reaction to that. Yeah, and we just want to express our solidarity as allies with the GLBTQ community in everything that they're going through. And we want to say that we fully support everyone in their choices. And we just hope that there'll be a way to turn around the current trajectory that our country is taking. We're in the fight. For the long term. You deserve love and you deserve to be protected at all costs. By laws, by society, by the media, by your peers, by your friends, by your co workers. We need to be protecting each other at all costs. And I know that we're in Florida, so there's one thing I would love to say. Yay! If you don't want to see drag shows, then don't take your child to a drag show. If you don't want your child reading certain books, give the library a list of the books you don't want your kids to read. Stay off my back, because my rights are just as important as yours, and when it comes to what I do with my family and my body, it's none of your business. And to our beautiful trans, non-binary, queer youth know that your queerness is what makes you beautiful and powerful. Everyone in this room sees you and needs you and we will fight alongside you and we will win. This community has fought and continued to fight a war of acceptance, a war of tolerance, and the most relentless bravery. You are the definition of courage. Do you know that? You know, of course, we all have our own individual rights with what it means to represent all that we represent, but I think at the core, we are all just trying to tell the world to let us be ourselves. You know, hey, you know, respect me. Respect me as I am. Learn to see me as I am. Let me live as I am. You know, and stop judging me for exploring who I am. There is no greater masterpiece 
than a person living their truth. There have been so many harmful pieces of legislation that have put people in the LGBTQ community at risk. It's painful for everyone, every ally, every loved one, every person in these communities, and that's why I'm always posting. This is when the midterms are. This is when these these important officials are they advocates are they allies are they protectors of equality do i want to vote for them? i love you guys so much happy birthday and i just i adore you i really do lgbtq americans especially children you're loved you're heard and this administration has your back and i mean it we are not relenting one single second make sure that they're protected. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pride Connection. Pride Month is a time to celebrate, participate, and pay attention to the world around us. Instead of not saying gay, I'd like to leave you with a quote from our wonderful ally, Miss Ruth. Say gay all day. That's been my motto lately. Be strong, be proud, and be yourself. If you'd like to get in touch with us at BPI, please email membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Or if you would like to contact me, Leah Gardner, president of BPI, please send an email to president at blindlgbtpride.org. Also, check out our brand new website at bpi.org. If you'd like to join our organization, you will find a membership button on our new site and you will find all of the ins and outs of becoming a member. For Pride Connection, this is Leah Gardner. Until next time, be proud. This is Pride Connection, brought to you by Blind LGBT Pride International. Every other Tuesday, on American Council of Blind Media, ACB Media Stream 1. And you can find it soon after, wherever you get your podcasts, by searching ACB Pride Connection.